the BBC Essex Gardening Hour. This is BBC Essex. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download for free on the BBC Essex website. That's BBC .co.uk slash BBC Essex. I'm Dave Gillam sitting in for Ken this week and coming up on the podcast I'll be answering your gardening questions on all things from bees, wasps, lawns um, and I'll also bring you some top tips of things you can be getting on with in the garden plus our plants of the week feature all exclusive to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. We start with Maureen in Corringham. Good morning. Um, I've had some primroses in a window box to oversummer them, really, to put them back in. And I seem to have a little white grub in the soil. That's <laughs> yeah. coiled. It's not primary, but it's it? <laughs> anyway, it coils round like the roll one that rolls up in the ball. And then when it straightens out to about half an inch or something. It's a bit wrinkly like a caterpillar, mm-hmm. but pure white except for its real top of its head is orange. Yeah, like a little skull cap. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, well, yes, you have got vine weevil. Oh, my giddy old. <laughs> no, oh. it, it, they love, absolutely love primroses um, and obviously window boxes, containers, hanging baskets are the perfect environment for them to lay their eggs, have the grubs, and over winter um this is why we tend to always say when you're replanting baskets and containers to refresh with new compost Uh, yeah and this is this is actually compost that was in the window box it wasn't any soil that i put in but um so where was it in the plants do you think or the soil no it's probably just in your garden i mean they are uh, like most creatures bugs they've got legs they 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 walk around and they can come from anywhere so what they are they're in they're in all gardens you'd be struggling to find a garden without any vine weevil in there um but what they will do is like we all do find the nicest place to live and and freshly planted plants nice soft compost um they will do that they tend to overwinter um as a grub and then they'll hatch in the spring to be the adult beetle um, and then off they go again. So it's not really a problem. If you want, are you hoping to reuse those primroses or? Uh, yes, I would like to. And also, that may be the cause, though, of three different parts of the garden. Whilst um, a lovely clump of albrecia, which I've had for years, not disturbed, that just curled up overnight nearly. And also an osterspermum, but they were in different parts of the garden. That could still be the the, the weevil, can, weevil, can it? Well, it's, it's hard about seeing it, but yes, I mean, they, with things like albrecia, they have a, a very single stem into a root. The vine weevils only eat roots, the, the grubs, and the adults eat the leaves. Yeah. Um, so it could be, but so also things like albrecia only have a, a finite sort of life. They, they spread, but will die in the end. But um, not a problem. Just empty out that pot. You can empty it onto a bed, and the birds will soon pick them grubs up um, oh, or, see, or yeah. send it off on uh, recycling. But don't oh, yeah, just sort of uh, keep replanting. One. Yes, yes. Okay. All right, just, so actually, I've just got to deal with them then, really, yes, in other yeah, words. <laughs> yeah, live with it, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. it, I've had a horrible thought. Thank you very much <laughs> once again, then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, now we're moving on to Janet from Colchester, and you've yes, got a good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I've got a young pear tree 
which was bought for me last March uh, for Mother's Day. (laughs) And this year it hasn't had any bloom, no fruit. It's about six foot high now. Mm -hmm. Um, And on the leaves, I've noticed that it's like rust. Yeah. A spot. Then you turn the leaf over and it's got, um, well, like a, it looks like a, 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 a young hedgehog, actually. <laughs> a young hedgehog under your leaves. Yeah. <laughs> um, big it's leaves. A si- it's a size, about the size of my small fingernail. Yeah. Um, it's a brown blob. Yeah. With little white bits on it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, sort, you sort of hit the nail on the head when you uh, called it rust. Oh, yeah. Because effectively it is. Pears can suffer with um, rust and it, it shows on the top and it's sort of worse underneath, a bit like an iceberg. You know, you see the top, but the bottom's bigger. Um, right. I wouldn't really worry about it at this time of year because it's not going to be very long before those leaves are falling off. No. Um, and that's just, that's just you know, mother nature. Um, yeah. So at the moment, I would bear with it, let it go through autumn, let it lose its leaves, yeah. clean up those leaves, don't leave them laying on the, on the ground. We don't want to no. leave spores in readiness. Um, and maybe next year in the spring when it comes into leaf, yeah. um, you might want to give it a spray with something to juice for the roses, anything, you know, any uh, fungal control, so sort of black spot mildew and so on. Right. They they will get it. It doesn't normally affect the fruiting that much. It's just a young tree and it hasn't got into a, a, a fruiting rhythm as yet. But no. don't worry too much. I don't think it's going to kill your tree. It's just going to something to deal with or keep an eye out and early season it was a bit bad i've had rust before but when i've never had that on the back of it on the back of no i think it's just extended but there's not a lot you can do about it you know in in general it's not overly treatable but can be preventable okay so now we're moving on to brian from loughton morning brian good morning good morning to you i wonder if you can help me on mine with ponds like you know yeah i'm um, um, i spoke to ken last week there was a couple of things i forgot to ask him though <laughs> i'm transfer <laughs> i bought uh, my plants i bought uh their pond grasses like and but i'm tra- want to transfer them from a pond to a small lake and that which i which ken said i can do mm-hmm. now these these ones are supposed to have just about half inch above the basket, like you know. Yeah. But as you know, in a pond and that, when it rains, it's going to go higher than that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the water does <laughs> tend to go up and down a bit. Um, well, this is it. Normally, and the other thing. Sorry, go, go on. The other, the other thing is, I normally when I cut them down in the in the in the autumn and that, I, I'm yeah. about two inches above the water line and that, uh-huh. and. Um, as they're going into a, you know, a lake, be a bit deeper and that, I'm hoping that there's plenty of sludge there and that because these can go in damp soil, like you know yeah. what I mean. So that would wouldn't mind, would it? Well, a lot of a lot of marginal pond plants um, are just that, so they can be in the margins of the pond, fully submersed in the water, or they can be in wet soil by a pond, um, and things like. Um, hostas tend to sit by ponds, the steelbys can be that. So they can be in the pond or by the pond, they don't have to be one or the other. Um, I don't know if, if slugs can swim well enough to get to the uh, uh, 
the, the grass has to trim them down for you but you know in lakes there's pond life pond plants and there isn't generally anyone there pruning them and maintaining them from one year to the next they tend to look after themselves um, in that sense your problem with um, the water depth um, as you say being in a pond you can change the depth of where it is you put it in the lake and it's normally quite deep from the That's outside, right. outside in um, I wouldn't worry too much the only thing I if it was me I mean there's so many possibilities but if it was me raise, raise it I would raise it if I can. Um, you'll find that most plants will adapt to their depth. So yeah. if it is deeper, it won't be that bad. You can go deeper than just a couple of inches above um, the top of the pot, and it might be slightly safer for the plant because if you get a freeze, you're just below that freezing layer. Um, if it, for me, it's have a go, <laughs> put it in, and you'll probably find it will just acclimatise and sort itself out um, to its new conditions. Yeah, so uh, basically I'm taking them out of the basket so hopefully it spreads because this, this lake needs so grass is in it like, you yeah. know? Yeah, no, I mean, they, they often do and, you, and lakes tend to be a lot more fertile than garden ponds. Um, they're more established and you'll probably find a wildlife to maintain the plant for you. All right? The last the last bit in that, how high would you cut that if it's going in from, from my pond to, like I said, I cut, normally cut it two inches above the water yeah. line? Yeah, I, I wouldn't I'll, actually cut it. I would just put it in the pond and leave it to it. Lovely. Thank right. you very much. Okay, Thank thanks for calling. So don't forget to give us a call on 0800 111 We would like to get your gardening questions in nice and early because it soon goes and we're... Uh, going to miss out so next we've got john from westcliff and it's an apple tree yes morning dave good morning i bought an apple tree from Hyde hall last weekend yeah. and it, it was bred in essex its name is acme, acme. And it was mm. bred by the um, seabrook farm yeah up in boreham i think but it needs a pollinator right and it was it's a cross between a Worcester Permain mm-hmm. and re-rival and oh. po- pollinated by Cox's Orange Pippin. Yeah. Sadly, my computer has crashed, so I've got no <laughs> reference. And I just wondered, we have a James Greave in the garden currently. Yeah. Could that be a... Are you, a, are you in a, a populated area? You know, you're not out in the middle of nowhere? No, I'm in Westcliff, surrounded by houses and uh, houses and yeah. a long garden. I, we also bought uh, three other fruit trees: uh, apricot, a green gauge, yeah. and a black and a black cherry. Well, I I would say your your James Greaves, if you've already got one, is probably not going to be far out. It tends to flower. It's not the earliest to flower, um, but normally. I've never yet found an apple tree that doesn't get pollinated just because it's in a, a built-up area because there's lots of apple trees around. They don't need to be in the same garden or even sometimes in the same area. You know, bees travel and they will pollinate. I, w- I would plant it. I would just see what happens this year. But I would say your James Greaves is probably quite a good one to um, to start with. If not, try something like a Discovery, um, which is also an Essex bred apple um, and that flowers a bit earlier than the, the James Cruise. So it depends on the flowering time. And again, without my computer or books, I'll probably uh, be guessing as well. But I think you'll probably be right with what you've got. 
Yes, James Greaves starts off as an eater, uh, yeah. as a cooker, yes. and develops into a lovely eating Insulator. animal. yeah. The yeah. only snag is that the one we bought is biennial, so <laughs> next year may not be a good You, you never know, see what happens, but I think it should be okay. Back to your calls, text and email shortly, but let's take a look at plants of the week. This week we're going to look at hookra. Hookra easier, easy to say, not easy to find, but they're very, very durable plants. They come in every shade of colour foliage you can imagine. So you've got the lime greens down to the darkest, darkest of purples. Uh, key lime pie is one that's well worth looking out for. Now, when you plant these, they're an easy going and they are perennial, but you will need to just cut the foliage back once a year just to refresh it because after 12 months, the leaves will look quite tired. The brighter foliage ones, like key lime pie, you'd plant somewhere that isn't in full full sun because with the light foliage they can scorch anywhere else they will do fine dark foliage complete opposite you can plant those in a hot driest position doesn't matter if it's even got a bit of shade um, they are very very durable plant them next to things like choicea to give you a good foliage color contrast um, and the green ones you know, don't don't leave the green out because they're green they will flower and they have a lovely generally pink fruit to white clusters of flower on them and again once the flowers are finished just cut them down probably best pruning um, around about february march so the new spring foliage comes through or after they've flowered just to tidy them up um, at that point but don't have a garden without hookahs because they will balance all plants around now back to your gardening questions so we've got colin from chanceford hello colin how are we doing morning Dave. good thanks yourself yeah, you're enjoying this? <laughs> yeah. Um, got a very old rhododendron, Dave, but uh, I don't know if I should start or not. We actually got it from down in the New Forest when we got on our wedding, on our wedding uh, honeymoon, if you like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, honeymoon, honeymoon when we were 30-odd <laughs> years ago. Right. We moved it from one house to another, and it's in a corner of the garden at the moment. It's sort of um, stuck in the middle where it doesn't get a lot of light because of an apple tree and that. Yeah. Now, it, it's all very brown around the root, and it's got really long sort of like uh, branches on it. With yeah. With nice green leaves on the end. But not a lot in the middle. I'm wondering, but nothing in the middle. It's just <laughs> very long and spindly. Is it worth cutting them? Can I cut them back, or should I re reposition it, really? Well, the position doesn't sound that bad. Rhododendrons do like um, what we call mottled shade. So they, they, they're used to growing on the edges of trees and woodland and so on. So they've got a canopy above yeah. them and by them. So they, they don't like full sun. Um, they do enjoy that position. So the apple tree, I wouldn't worry about. Um, right. And, and probably moving it, you know, it's you, you've had a had a good marriage and it's quite an old uh, rhododendron, so I wouldn't worry about moving it because that could probably cause more risk, you know, right. than, than than it's worth. Um, pruning, yes, you can prune rhodes quite hard, but I think people tend to be a little bit frightened of, of pruning things like rhodes and camellias because they're seen as this sort of precious temperamental plant, but. It's lived that long. It's probably quite happy where it is. Um, yeah. And it wouldn't hurt to give it a real good prune. Normally, you'd right. prune after flowering. Right. Um, so it's probably a bit late now, is it? Yeah, well, it would be. I'd, I wouldn't do it now. Um, you might promote new growth, and the new growth on, on plants generally is a little bit more tender um, going right. into the colder months than the other, and you won't have any flowers in the spring. 
Um, so right. I would give it a good feed, um, use an ericaceous yep. feed, prepare it, okay. build it up a bit, um, and then let it flower. And as soon as you've had enough of the flowers or they're looking tired, get in there and you can literally prune them down to old wood you know you won't have any leaves left it'll look a little bit bit twiggy but you'll find that should shoot from those bare stems and give you a nice fresh looking plant and flowers the following year okay all right thank you right now we're moving on to jill from clacton morning jill hi hi good morning Um, i was just wondering what i do with my geraniums when do i lift them and what do i do with them afterwards <laughs> i think you'll probably find there's more answers to this than, than they're the, the, the usable um okay. do you do it normally no i've never done it so you've never tried it before because this no. is one of those things that someone will say to me oh you know I, I do it this way i might put them in a pair of old socks and put them under the stairs and then and the, and the question that is do they do they survive and do they come out in the spring yes we'll keep doing it that way um <laughs> but okay they still look really healthy yeah it's quite early i wouldn't rush to lift uh, you know lift them okay um okay are they in a pot or in the ground pot um and is that pot pick upable is it movable Oh, no. <laughs> right. Because I, I said to just pick up the pot and put them under the bench in the greenhouse, prune them back and, oh, okay. and just keep them frost free. But if you need oh, okay. to lift them, um, one way to do it and to save space is just to lift them. Don't wash off the roots. Just, just take out a clump of root. Probably prune yep. them um, down to about six inches, something like that. Um, yes. And just nestle them into a tray with a bit of compost around them. Light water. Okay. Don't saturate them but don't let them dry out completely and then you can just pop them somewhere frost free hopefully nice and bright if if you've got a greenhouse or a a porch you got any of those yeah i've got a little plastic greenhouse right so five shelves in it so yeah pop them in there um but when it's getting really cold you might just need to pop them indoors somewhere because it will still freeze in there it's not total protection but um it no. will certainly help and to see what happens you know just a bit of fleece oh, okay, over them then. in the spring and if they if they survive they do and you can take some uh, uh cuttings from them um right you know when they start growing again but have yeah. a go try your method everyone's got different ways and see what works and let us know okay then thank All you right. very much thank you. so don't forget to give us a call on 0800 4041 and we can get those gardening questions answered and text on 8133 and start the message with Essex. And now we've got Vera from Eastwood. Morning, Vera. Morning. Oh, you have to excuse me, I've got a bit of a tickly cough. Oh, um, you're not being I've with Ken, a, have you? Yeah. I've got a magnolia <laughs> in my garden in the pot. Yeah. Um, it, it bloomed when it was supposed to bloom, and then a couple of months ago I had two more flowers on it. But <laughs> yeah, now they... all the leaves are going like a funny brownie colour. Yeah, so how long have you had it? I've only had it about about two years, I suppose. Oh, right. Okay, so it's quite young. Yeah. Um, yeah, they will. Sometimes magnolias and other plants like wisteria and so on, they will flower, they're spring flowering plants by nature, but if there's any growth that is a bit younger or older than the, the normal flowering growth, um, it will flower out of season really, and you get another couple of flowers appear on, on magnolias later in the summer and autumn even, same as say with wisteria. Um, and even you get uh, oddball, we've, I've seen rhododendrons with 
popping a flower early on in in the autumn so it's not anything to worry about the plants obviously generally happy um, but it will be losing its leaves soon so that yellowing and discoloring on the foliage um, is pretty much just it going into its normal cycle and maybe because it flowered in the autumn it, it's it's a little bit out out of uh, timing sorts but oh, don't right. worry about it it's young but, but um, i did move it because it was in front of my kitchen window because yeah. we get the sun all day on our back yeah and i put it over the other side near the fence now and i wondered if moving it made any difference sometimes plants you know it, it changes the, the uh, environment slightly but I, no it's just probably going into its normal i think ours on the nursery you know are, are starting to color up now and look, when they're younger um they don't tend to do it a bit earlier yeah. as well it just looks nasty you know <laughs> i mean some of the leaves are just green but at the very top yeah. they're, they're really sort of a horrible browny color it sounds. Can I it, cut them off, or shall I just leave it? You can. I would just leave it. They fall off. It might have just got a bit of scorch, um, you know, on that top foliage. Oh, it, from the sun. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't yeah. wouldn't worry. They're going to fall off within a month or so anyway, and um, you'll get fresh ones in the spring. Just remember to keep it um, in the spring watered and fed. As you see, new yeah, signs of growth. Can I feed it with tomato feed, all right? No, well, you can use it, but it, they're sort of they are an ericaceous borderline plant. So I would tend to use the same thing that you use for um, rhodes, camellias, and azaleas. Because um, oh, I I use chicken manure on the garden. Yeah, yeah, the pellets. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can use those just to perk it up. Um, but if it does look a little bit yellowy in the spring, then use something. It's normally the magnesium in, in those feeds that, that green up the plant. But if you've been using it, the plant's growing, it's not such a bad thing. OK, then. Thank All you right. very much. And again, don't forget to give us a call on 0800 111 Um So we've got about half hour left to get your questions in. Don't think about it after 11 because I won't be here. All right, so we're moving on now to Harold from Basildon. Good morning, Harold. Good morning to you, sir. I have had given to me a beautiful plant. Um, oh, God, the name's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. What it's is not this? a gerber, gerber, is it? A gerber. A gerber. Yeah. It's a gerber plant, and there, there's a little sign of a bud going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in a pot. What should I do with it? This is indoors in a pot. No, no, no. I've put it outdoors, actually. It's a big plant. It's a beautiful plant. I'm trying to think, is it gerber or gerbera? Big flowers, daisy-like? Well, yeah, daisy-like, yes. Yeah. Well, there's only a bud at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you can get hardy gerberas. Um, I, don't, I never like calling them hardy because they are given the right conditions, but they're not like you would uh, a shrub or something like that that you can just yeah. plant and forget. Um so I would tend to treat it much like you would any um, slightly tender patio plant. If you can um, bring it, you're fine at the moment. The weather's not too bad. Um, we are getting down to, I think I saw about six or seven degrees of a night, which is yeah. tolerable. Um, I wouldn't want well, to be out there. It as if we had a little bit of a frost one day this week. When I looked yes. at the car next door to me, it was certainly very sort of sharp on the top of it. Yeah, there know. was a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. I was in Portugal last week, so I didn't see much of that. Uh, um, but yeah, no, it has been cold. But bring it in and, um, or not bring it in, bring it somewhere slightly more protected. <coughs> Let it flower, keep an eye on it. And if we um, get any real cold f- frost, then perhaps fleece or pop it just in a porch. Yeah, so I 
shouldn't plant it into the garden. I wouldn't because it means it's harder for you to care for it, harder to give that protection. Yeah, yes, I see. Yeah, okay. Lovely. One one other little thing. I've in a bed outside. I've got. Uh, I call it love lies bleeding. Is it agapanthus? It's a. Um, I love that it's bleeding. Long. No, it's not agapanthus. I'm trying to remember what it is myself. But the long, on. long one, and it, it goes a beautiful um, purple red colour. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's some that have turned colour, and others are just like hanging green. Well, what would that be? Well, they've either flowering out of season, so they're not, you know, produced going through the normal cycle, or they're just having a bit of a moment. It's. Yeah. You know, plants are these wonderful things that um, do things that um, we don't expect. And as long as the plant itself looks healthy and and it's doing what it normally does, just leave them to to go. It's so strange though that there's sort of two plants next to each other, and one's got the green plants <laughs> hanging, and the other is this beautiful purple, orange, red colour. You know. Yeah. Yeah, love lies bleeding me. My mum used to love them, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible with it. It's a common name, and I struggle with all of those. No, that's just plants being plants. You'll probably find I do something completely different again next year. Yeah. All right. OK, yeah. thanks for calling. Thank you very much. Bye. Back to the gardening questions in a moment. But right now on BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, I've got some top tips on things you can be getting on with in the garden this week. Well, I think I'll be getting on with it this week because I need to. Um, greenhouse in the garden we've been using it hopefully for growing some lovely tomatoes cucumbers peppers all summer um they should have finished by now you might be hanging on to the last few green tomatoes on the plant but probably time now to take those off clear out the greenhouse um, and get it ready for winter now winter can be different things for different people for me it's getting the dahlias in there and getting them stored through the winter um problem is there is bugs tomatoes and all of these things tend to get uh, red spider, aphids and all things through the summer and you tolerate them and you get by because you don't want to treat them but we don't want to start bringing plants into the greenhouse from the garden with those pests and problems there so empty all your pots clear out the beds if you can um, using something like a jay's fluid to clean the benches and any surfaces you can down um, and you can get greenhouse fumigants which is just a sulphur um, thing, read the instructions on the tin, light it smoke it close the door and don't go back but that will kill all of the bugs the eggs and the things that will be waiting for you to put things like your geraniums fuchsias and so on back in there over winter to bring out in the spring well keep listening to the podcast there's still more hints and tips to come got one from phyllis in great Baddow, just around the corner from where i am hello hello phyllis Hello, how are you? Thank you very much for taking my call. That's all right. Um, in my front garden, I've noticed for months that there are little tiny little waspy things all over, digging into the ground on the side of the, where the lawn is, and they've managed to just cover the whole lawn. And it looks like, well, it's a disgrace now, the lawn is, because it looks like it's full of war- wormholes, but it's not wormholes. There's a hole down the middle of the mound, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it's about sort of like an inch and a half in diameter and it's all over the lawn and I was wondering what it is and if I can get rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's one of those hard ones. I'm not sure what they are. I mean, you can get um, bees that will burrow... Um, burrowing bees and things like that but to to have a sounds almost like an infestation doesn't it yeah, the way you describe it it's all over um, yeah. there's not a lot that you can because they're not eating anything 
so they're not no. eating the plant like you can spray to 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 protect um they're just burrowing into the ground um yeah. you can rake it you can overseed it you can care for the lawn generally um i wouldn't like to advise anything to spray because without really knowing what they are yeah. they might be goodies or they might be baddies but well, this, um, this things like hoverflies and so on are actually good you know good garden yeah. buddies you don't want to want to yeah. harm them and i'd rather be able to see it to uh, well, this is it yeah I, I mean i just read on the news there that they've removed a whole lot of snails for, for because they're doing a roundabout somewhere in Essex <laughs> and there you know what i mean so we did think of that and i didn't want to spray it in case you know that i kill them or something yeah i mean we are struggling for for, for yeah. bees and, and things like that no. at the moment and anything that we can do to help that's yeah. always going to be better but yeah i wouldn't like to say if if you if you described yeah. an aphid to me i'd happily say spray it kill them and uh, deal with it but anything wasp be like they're not eating anything they're just going they're just through their tiny. normal life cycle they're tiny and they're just you know burrowing you know the mat, the little mounds you have between the earth and the grass and the yeah. lawn they're building all around inside there then they've got into every place i mean it's like walking on muck now you know what yeah. i mean it's, no it's, just treat it like worm cast rake it um, or brush yeah. it over overseed perhaps give you an autumn good time of year to give it an autumn treatment yeah. Um, and see, they might move on next yeah. year. They might, you might have a, a colony for life. But uh. I know, yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there's, a, there's one other thing, if you can spare the time. Yeah. I've noticed in my back garden that I've been, this reedy thing has been growing here and there and, and re getting in around a lot of my hydrangeas and mm. stuff like that. And it's very difficult to get rid of. Yeah. And it grows up in a reedy thing and then it throws out this long furry thing and it's, that's the thing that's full of uh, seeds. Yeah. And how can I get rid of that? Because you cannot get rid of it out of the ground. <laughs> no. I mean, you can actually buy those in pots. <laughs> They're, oh, no. It, they are quite invasive. It is, it oh. is a grass. I mean, like you call it a reed, but um, it's a grass. Quite a nice flat green leaf oh, and then no. you get the flowering heads and they will self-seed around the garden oh, um, you can use a, a weed killer that will um, kill grass and make sure because not all weed killers will kill grass because yeah, we use them on lawns mm. um, and you can treat them if you can dig out the clump they tend to form a clump and they will divide themselves from that clump so if you can take the clump out great not so easy when they're growing around established plants well this is what i've had to do i've had to dig out the hydrangea because it actually has choked it yeah do you know yeah. what i mean it is a hard one they are a bit of a, a pest it's great if you've got an area of garden you just want something that's bulletproof to to occupy it because you won't get any <laughs> other weeds because you've got that there um yeah. and the other thing to do is obviously is when the flower heads do come up just cut them off before yeah. they do properly and seed and then you this, won't this is what i'm trying to do but they're, but they're very invasive. Anyway, yeah. thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you. And we're going on to Irene from Danbury. Good morning, good, Irene. Good morning. Uh, hopefully this is a bit, bit easier to answer. Um, <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I've got three blueberry bushes. They have been absolutely magnificent this year. Obviously, they've, they've now sort of finished delivering fruit. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know about pruning them. Because they've they've thrown out a few quite tall, probably double the height of the bush um, yeah. branches and, and bits and pieces like that. So how hard should I prune them? They all? do tend to do that. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of of pruning the bush in general. 
Mm. Um, but you do get this where, where the bush just grows and it's, it's quite controllable. It's, it's nice and doing what mm. you want it to do. And then you get, I call them water shoots, but mm. they just shoot out and they, they go very tall and, and mm. very soft looking. Mm. Um, those I would just tip them back, um, mm. back towards where the, the rest of the plant right. is or just below yeah. because they will then shoot out again you know branch out you don't want to end up leaving them and have a you'll end up almost with a two-tier blueberry with yeah so just tidy them up just tip okay. them back to, to around about the plant area you can yeah. always depends how old they are but you can take out some of the any old wood that yeah. that isn't productive anymore but yeah. i tend to just think let them do what they do yeah. and, and tidy them as they go and you're brilliant. feeding those with with ericaceous food um, I hadn't done so far. Oh. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're so starving your plants. You're eating them, but not do. feeding them. <laughs> so, yeah, just remember, give them a feed, but use the stuff that generally is in a pink box oh, right. or packet. I don't okay. know why they do it, but all ericacea stuff tends to be packeted in pink um, okay. to, to make it different. Um, oh, same okay. raspberries are good for, for ericaceous foods as well. Oh, excellent. All Next right. question is the second B. Yes. <laughs> not Double a bee, B. not the flying bee. It's not bed and breakfast, um, then, no? I've, I've got bamboo in the garden, which I cut down every year. Yes. Can I break up the old um, stems and put them in the compost bin? I'm talking Depends. ones that are over a year old. Yeah, I mean, it depends how big they are. You'd, you would have to break them up because bamboo, you know, you go and buy bamboo canes to support mm. your plants. They normally mm. last a couple of years, don't they? they and do. that's when they're stuck in the ground and, and yeah. got wet soil. So unless they're the fine tips of them or you can perhaps put them through a shredder, um, right. I think you'll probably be better to, to you know, dispose of them other ways, either have a nice There's bonfire a on bonfires night or uh, <laughs> <laughs> use them as plant supports. I, you know, I mean, but obviously, I'm, I'm using some as sort of bug hotels. Yes, so yeah. Probably I mean, another that, bee, isn't it? That's um, it, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just didn't know if I could sort of smash them up small and just use them as a layer in the compost. You'd have to do that. You'd have to, to break them up. Or I say a shredder is perfect for that. You can just put right. them through and then they will sort of compost uh, uh, in a shorter period of time. But otherwise, you're going to go back to your compost in a year or two's time and uh, still find all these bits of bamboo in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Handy if you then need a plant support. Okay, yeah, well, they're going to be too small for that anyway. No, yeah. thank you very much for your help on that. And, um, yeah, I shall enjoy the rest of the programme now. Thank you. Okay. Right, so we're going to move on to Roz from Southend. Good morning, Roz. Good morning. How are we? Oh, not bad, thank you. Good. Yeah, I got? just want to uh, know whether I can uh, grow raspberry from cuttings and seeds. Seeds, I wouldn't. Um, it's not worth not worth the aggravation, really, in the time it takes and how you do it, and they're a very fine seed. Um, what you can do is take cuttings from raspberries and you treat them almost like you would uh, do hardwood cuttings. So you just take a 6-inch, 7-inch stem, cut yeah. them, bundle them up, put them somewhere slightly protected in, in compost, and forget about them. Um, once they st if they start shooting, um, then you can separate them out and plant them out uh, as plants. The other way you can take any um, suckers; they tend to grow from under, go along the under the ground and pop up. And if you take any of those plants with a piece of root, you can then replant those. So you're almost dividing what you've already got and replanting. It's it's good to to have a replant every now and again because they can get quite congested. Um, mm. and it reinvigorates but yes you can 
just take some um, lengths of stem, bundle them up yeah. into some yeah. soil somewhere protected and just forget about them and you'll, you'll know they've worked because you'll have a big clump of raspberry plants yeah. growing out and then you can separate them out and plant so them. Just forget, forget the seeds. Yes, yeah, I wouldn't worry about seeds, much like strawberries, you know. You can buy packets of strawberry seeds, but it's how many? It's it's a yeah, couple of years I worth. Because I collected to... loads of uh, seeds from the from the fruit. So. Yes, yeah. I, I think you're better to to know what variety you've got because you won't know if it's an F1. You won't always get what you took the seeds from. Um, you could get you know any other variant, and it might not be that useful for you in the garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling. And again, don't forget, we're going to run out of time before long. So if you need to give, get your gardening questions answered, it's on 0800 111 And we're going to go to Jean from Holbridge, Little Wasp. Hopefully this might be uh, a link to our earlier problem in the, in the lawn. Morning, Jean. Oh, morning. It's just uh, when I was listening to that lady about little wasp size bees or wasps, yes. I wonder... Could they be ivy bees? Because this is the time, well, when the the ivy's in flower, yeah. that the little ivy bees all turn up. Yeah, and they I get th- covered in them, don't they? They, they look yeah. like a little... You oh. don't see them any other time of the year. No, hover, and they're sort of hoverfly size. These yeah, little they, ones they I'm look picturing like on the ivies. Yes, yeah. They could be. I mean, it's Do there's so burrow? many... I'm not sure. I only ever see them on ivy (laughs) flowering going on on there. Um, I'm sure there is someone out there that is a lot more up on their uh, hoverflies, bees and wasps than I am. But um, (laughs) and it'd be good to hear from them. But yeah, they do sound very similar. And you you see them in hundreds, don't you, on the flowers, um, on the especially on the wild ivies where they are just sort of growing up trees and and flowering. but I imagine the burrowing is is almost preparation to over winter. I wasn't sure when they started doing it. Yeah. But a lot of these these insects do sort of go underground to uh, to yeah. either reproduce or just to keep out away from the the cold and get out into the spring. But yeah, they could be. They could well be. Those. We wait we're, and see. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we'll see if anyone else has any ideas on that one. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, now we're going on to Marion in Tiptree. Hello. Hello, Marion. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'll just turn my radio yes, down. <laughs> I can hear two of you. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, there aren't two of us. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, a couple of queries, but they should be um, short uh, answers, I hope. I bought an Alstroemeria, a tall one, um, in the summer, mm-hmm. and I've got it in a pot outside on, in the garden. Well, not in the garden, on the patio. And... Um, and I noticed that there are quite a few holes being, um, you know, in the leaves. Yeah. Now, um, what could be causing that? <laughs> I'll just add that one evening I went out just as it was getting dark. I went out with a torch yeah. and there seemed to be lots of little um, moths flying around. Whether they were making the holes or not, I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, again, it's getting towards that time of the year where um, plants like Alshamiras are going to be sort of going backwards anyway. Um, it could be that if there's moss flying around, it could more than likely be a moth caterpillar. The moths themselves uh-huh. don't tend to um, no. eat the leaves as such. It's the uh-huh. caterpillars um, that do it. Mine, I, I planted three myself this year, um, and I looked at them, uh, must be yesterday morning, and they looked like something's been having a little nibble at them. 
um, but they're still flowering and and still going going great. So yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't. It's not something I would worry about treating at this time of year. The plant I, I is, actually at the time I did put some bug spray some bug killer on it, oh, right. and I did look for anything on the leaves, but I couldn't see anything. No, well, quite often these little moth caterpillars they tend to eat at, at night. Oh, <laughs> so okay. you're having a sleep and they're having dinner, um, <laughs> right. but. Yeah, you've sprayed it. That's fine. It won't certainly won't do any harm. Um, but I wouldn't really start, to, you know, going on a big campaign trying to deal with it because no. the plant soon you'll probably be pruning those those down. I was Make going sure. to say. I mean, some of the uh, some of the flowers. Well, I've got new buds coming, but some yeah. of the flowers. Have, have died off and they've gone all brown. Do I yes. cut those back? Yeah, dead head as you would most plants. Just just take the tips out because they do flower in the tips of the shoots, and then you get the new shoots coming up and flowering. So dead head. Oh right. Um, okay. But probably give it another maybe a month or so. Depends on the weather. But when it fit, looks like it's finished flowering, I would cut it probably by half. Yes. Um, just to tidy it up and stop it getting winter damaged. Perhaps put a bit of mulch over the crown because the, the, you know it, it's in a pot. Um, but the top can get a bit sort of be more yeah, tender. Yeah. Um, so how, how low should I cut it back? Then? I would just do it in half, and then when you in get half. next to sort of round to the spring, and you want to sort of start thinking about wait, it waking up, then just tidy right down to, to pretty much ground level because the shoots oh, okay. all come from underneath or from the root. Oh, under. lovely. All okay. right. And uh, I have another question. Um, <clears throat> when is it a good time to plant an Acer blood good? Um, anytime you can find one, a lovely yeah. plant. Um, you're probably generally now. It used to always be autumn is the time to plant, and it is. You know, traditionally yeah. gardening, that's correct. But nurseries and general public <laughs> demand that they actually want plants in the spring because it's warm enough for them to go out to the garden and garden. Right. Um, yeah. And things like aces, they're, they're very good for new foliage and fresh and bright. Um, and they tend to be more available in the spring. So if you can find one this time of year, great, plant it. If not, you'll probably find some good specimens around um, early spring, you know, oh, about March great. time. All right. One more, one more quick one. Go on, um, quick. <laughs> uh, I was listening to Ken a couple of weeks back, and someone asked about um, uh, redoing his lawn. He had a lot of problem, and Ken said to rake it yeah. and then put um, autumn lawn food on. Yes. Now, uh, we've had so much rain, which is unusual <laughs> for our area, but we've yeah. had so much rain... But we've got an electric rake, and mm-hmm. my husband's wary about um, raking at the moment because the ground's so wet. So, um, you know, when is the latest we could put the autumn food on? Um, well, the autumn food doesn't have weed killer in it, so it's not so so time, you know, specific. Once you can get on that grass without making more of a mess of it than than it is get it raked open it up and then use the lawn food but you've probably got another month to do so right now on the bbc gardening hour podcast i've got some more top tips well hopefully we've been planting some bulbs spring bulbs is now you've got to get them in don't wait until you see the daffodils popping up on the verges and think i must plant some it's too late so they go in now but what you do plant in october generally is tulips best not to plant them too early because they can be prone to uh, fire um, fire blight on them and they can suffer to get going away so you plant those october into november um, daffodils can do early plant them in clumps don't just sort of scatter them around the garden um, because you will not get the effects so plant them in threes fives or even more if you can one variety per clump and dot them in any spaces that you think will be available 
problem is they might not be available right now because there's plants in the garden. Um, alternatively, plant them in a pot, doesn't matter what pot it is, it'd be a, just a plastic pot left over from plants that you've already planted, pop them in pots, put them somewhere slightly protected, we don't want the pot to freeze, let them grow, and when they're green and we're going into spring, you want to liven up areas of the garden, you can just plunge that pot into the ground and pretend that you planted them in the autumn. When they start fi finishing flowering, deadhead, lift those pots up, give them a good feed, and again, put them somewhere out of the way. So you haven't got foliage that looks untidy and is dying down in the spring in them borders, and they can carry on making the bulb for you for next year. So get those done now. Plant them direct if you can. Remember, plant tulips much deeper than you would daffodils and allow for room for plants to be planted on top because otherwise you'll go out there gardening, weeding, planting some bedding plants and find you keep on digging up the tulips that you planted a month before. So that's, that's the time to do it. Get out there, do that now. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour. This is BBC Essex. We've got Dave Gillam in for Ken today, and we're going over to Rose from Dagenham. Oh, hi there. Uh, I'm not much of a gardener. I'm doing this on behalf of my husband, who's had an accident and <laughs> right. got a fractured uh, hip. So you've become is, the gardener a, then? A, a big pile of cancer trees. We've got a very small garden, but we keep it large because it's a protection. We back onto what you call a close. Oh, right, well, yeah. It's, it's, it's quite large and it really needs um, pruning as such, mm -hmm. where normally my husband goes in with the shears and just cuts it away, but because he's uh, been, you know, uh, uh, poorly, yeah. I've gone. It, it's like You're a tree and it's got all branches. It's lovely. But when I went and had a look underneath, gosh, it's all dark, got loads of dead uh, branches inside. And it is about uh, 13 by 13 foot high. And... Are we going to lose it, do you think? <laughs> no, no, I was just trying to picture how you're going to prune a 13 foot poracanth. Well, see, a this is what shears. happened. He, did you, he used to do, get up there with a ladder. He's 85, if you please. But anyway, right. he fell. But that's another story. But yeah. he, he's worrying about it because it's, it, it is getting, it looks, actually, it looks like a big bonsai tree. We've got all these branches, heavy yeah. branches. And it is coming, it, it, when it's windy, it's really, you know, I wonder whether it's going to snap off these. You know, well, these but when you go under it, and another thing quickly, we've got about 20 sparrows or 20, 30 at a time every day up there inside it. Are yeah. they killing it? No, 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 no. No, the... Um the sparrows, the sparrows love um, having somewhere to, to retreat, bolt into. Um, oh, and quite right. often if you have a bird table or a feeding station near a, a conifer or a, a dense shrub, you'll see the sparrows hopping in and out of the, the, the plant onto the bench and then back in again. So they don't yeah, get yeah. caught by sparrow hawks generally. Where they come but, just down below, you know, and we keep them that. But yeah. I was quite shocked because I can walk under and walk under this tree and I looked up and I said, oh, I don't know what you're going to do there because if he cuts... You know, because um, he had to cut the, the... We had lots of orange berries like this year, but he, I, I've got no idea about going into where to do it. Or yeah, it's really... Someone, I don't want them coming in and just saying, right, I cut it all down. No, no. It's up to you, really. If you want it, obviously you're using it as, as a, a protection because of the yeah. thorns and, and the, the denseness of it. If you want to prune in there and, and take out any of the dead stuff and old stuff, if you can walk under it, you've got some bare stems down there, haven't you, if you can get under it that far. Yeah. But the problem is the only way, only way you'll ever get new growth that far down is to really hard prune it, and then is you'll it? lose your protection. So 
I would perhaps just just try and get in into it and take out some of the really old wood. Yeah. Open it up a little bit so it's not quite so top heavy, um, but still leaving enough to give you a protection, you know, from the the, the open close. Oh, I see. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't suggest just sort of chopping it too hard. The new growth comes through quite, you know, quite good every year. Yes, yeah. But because it's getting so thick and dense. That's so right, yeah. that won't sort of ruin it sort of completely, will it? No, then? no, just thin it out, and you'll probably find that, that that new growth will be even thicker this year because you've you've pruned it, you've opened it up, and it's a bit of a rejuvenation. Oh, good, and the birds won't hurt. <laughs> no, no, the birds are always a bonus. Oh, thanks right. very much. Thanks, Thank you. Okay, Maureen from Felstead, and it's wasps. These wasps are going to sort of follow me around, I think. <laughs> are there such things as mortar wasps? Mortar wasps? Yes. I'm not sure. There is a bee that will burrow into the mortars, mortars of um, bricks mortar, isn't there? Oh, well, perhaps it's a bee. Something was, is, um, it might a masonry be a bee. bee, I think it's they call it. Burrowing um, into the, um, the porch wall, and I was rather worried about um, it damaging the wall. So I sprayed it <laughs> um, in case there was a wasp nest inside. Yeah, you, you'll see that just by the frequency of the wasps going in and out. There is, um, I think, I it didn't is a want bee, it going in there. You see, and laying, laying, laying eggs, laying eggs. Uh, yes. Um, just, just be careful before you know. Bees, wasps are they're all black and yellow, and we don't really want to harm bees, but. Um, just just watch before you deal with them because you might find it is just a solitary bee or one bee that is just going in there and using it. Um, and if you do get a nest, then there are um, you know some fairly professional people you can go through the council to get them checked, moved, or or, or destroyed. So get their opinion on it um, before trying to treat it. It's not if it is a wasp nest, they're not always fun to try and deal with because um, if you yeah. don't get it right, you, you get some angry wasps. Well, I just sprayed the hole and, and killed him, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so, so check what it is first, because we don't really want to be harming things like solitary bees and so on. Okay, okay. then. Thanks for your call. Okay, we're going to Frank from Gallywood, and it looks like it's going to be on my favourite plant. Morning, Frank. Oh, I'm glad about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this zalea, yeah. and it's in a shallow bowl, and it's rather large. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, can I remove it, you know, repot it, or can I trim it back? Um, well, <laughs> is this a dahlia or, an, or azalea? Azalea. Azalea. Yeah, I see. I've got a D on my work on the screen. Um, <laughs> you can prune it, but they're spring flowering. So, you yeah. know, you're, again, you're going to, a bit like the, the rhododendron earlier, um, you're going to probably lose some... some growth the best bet would be to repot it so pot it up into a larger pot that, that it can stay in for a longer time i see so i can do that now can you i you can repot them now let it flower and if you feel you want to trim it and tidy it up then do that after flowering and again after remember ericaceous compost um for azaleas otherwise they will not enjoy it oh lovely lovely Thank okay. you very much. Thanks for your call. And if you've got a gardening question, we've got just over five minutes to, to get it in. Give us a call on 0800 4041. And we've got Veronica from Kent. Hello, Dave. Hello, Veronica. Um, you had a query about the little bees. Yes. 
They're minor bees. Minor bees. Are yes, these the ones they, that, uh, in the lawn yeah, or in the garden, wall? front garden was absolutely full of them. I usually have them every year, but this year there were loads of them. People were stopping taking pictures of them. There were so many, and you're not allowed to kill them. No, no, that's why I was trying not to uh, <laughs> advise to do so. But um, no, they're so they're minor bees, are they? They're disappearing now. Yeah. I had them two weeks ago, and there were loads of them, and they're slowly disappearing now into the holes. And do you know whether they're, they're burrowing in the ground for uh, home or for food, or what they, why are they mining? For nesting. For nesting, so that's where they lay they're, they're... their eggs, and then yeah. they make a barrier. And um, but a lot of them go in the hole. There were so many. I think I was short of holes. <laughs> they were sharing, were they? The soil was very hard. Yeah, they must have had bunk beds in there. Yes, but <laughs> please don't kill them because no. they're so beautiful. No, as we um, said can earlier. Can I just ask a question about uh, um, um, e eucalyptus? Eucalyptus. Yeah. I've got one called Baby Blue. That's for mm -hmm. flower arrangers. Yes. And it's been in the pot, and um, the roots have gone through the ground <laughs> yeah. when is the best time to take it out and put it in the bigger pot i would do that now any time now is fine yes and i wish ken all the best you should get better soon i'm sure he'll be back thank you dave okay we're just going to go on to a text and we've got hello good morning ken well it's dave unfortunately <laughs> in november um we're expecting to receive a berry rose from david austin can you tell me if we need to plant it out immediately um, or a large pot. Well, yes, any bare root plants, um, there are that, they are bare. Um, and all plants do enjoy soil. You can, best bet, I would say, is pop it into a pot. It doesn't need to be one you're necessarily going to grow it on for life, um, but at least you can establish it and then decide where you're going to plant it and get it into growth um, from there. And another one is, my lawn needs cutting, but with all the rain, should I be doing it right now? Well, if it does, so does mine, so you can just nip round and do mine at the same time. But again, yes, I think we tend to cut lawns all year, really. Now, if it's growing, you can cut it. Cut it, don't cut it too short, probably a couple of three inches almost, um, and just keep topping it. But yes, dry enough, as long as you're not going to damage it, do it you know, by walking and skidding around on it, then just keep going. And we've got another one here. We've got a lineup. We've got a plant called Hot Lips. That'll be a salvia. Um, we'll do it for the winter. So they should be finishing flowering now. You might have, you know, a few bits. And quite often they, they go all white or all red at the ends of the seasons. And in the middle they're white and red. So I would just deadhead, tidy. They can get quite a loose habit to them. And if you go through the winter where, where it's an open plant and we get some snow, you never know, um, it can split that plant and cause some damage so i would reduce it by about half um and just make sure there's anything old dead disease dying so on remove those as well but we should be good to go on um is it too late <coughs> to take a foot off a laurel with a big electric trimmer um it'll need to be a, quite a big one um ideally you don't use electric trimmers on laurels um it can make a gas when you cut the leaves and i think it might even be cyanide so Best not cutting with electric trimmers. You use a pair of secateurs and just cut the stem. Um, but you can certainly do it this time of year. Um, but again, don't do it with an electric trimmer. <laughs> and can I take cuttings from a leggy Calenco? You can, yes. No reason why not. 
Um, you can do it as a leaf cutting, or you can just try taking a piece and putting it in water on the windowsill. Egg cups are quite good for that, and, and see how it goes. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. Don't forget, if you've got a gardening question, why not give us a call on 0800 111 and be part of the programme every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11. Music.